thought about it for a few years. Um, and I test drove different vehicles and looked at different vehicles and rented different vehicles and really thought that, you know, I think it fits our lifestyle very well because most of our driving on a typical day is well within reach of even the lowest range EVs. This is Middle Tennessee Electric's Plugged In Podcast. This podcast focuses on the world of electric vehicles. It is for all EV enthusiasts, whether you are an early adopter and have been driving an EV for years or you're just starting your research, this podcast is for you. Hello, I'm Brandon Wagner. And I'm Amy Byers, and we're together again for another edition of MTE's Plugged In Podcast. And today we're doing something a little different. We're going to do an EV ride-along with Brad Gibson, who is the Chief Cooperative Business Officer for Middle Tennessee Electric. Welcome to the podcast, Brad. Thank you, Amy. It's good to be here. Great. So, we um, thought you've, you've just got this new vehicle that you've got. Just you've a got couple a, months a, old. Just, yeah, just a, just a little baby. A Volkswagen ID.4. That's right. So this is uh, kind of exciting and we want to talk to you about it. So let's start with you kind of telling us what made you want to enter the world of electric vehicles. Well, I, I like cutting edge technology and I always have. And really I'm starting to see the evolution of you know automotive transportation moving into the tech world. And so I've been intrigued for a few years now. Um, I've worked in electric cooperatives since I was 17 years old, so I thought I really need to have a vehicle that uses the product we provide. When you began your research, um, how, what did you think about and what were kind of your thought processes to decide, can, the, can an EV work for me and my family? Because you have, you have two children, correct? So correct. you're a family of four. Yes. So kind of talk us through that process. Yeah, and we have a lot of family out of state as well. So the, the first thought was, well, what vehicle fits best mm -hmm. for us? And um, this ended up being an additional vehicle. Our son's 15. And so, you know, we're going to have more vehicles than we've typically had at the house. And thought it was a really good time for us to make that transition to try it out. Um, realized as we thought about this, and I, again, I thought about it for a few years. Mm -hmm. Um, and I test drove different vehicles and looked at different vehicles and rented different vehicles and really thought that, you know, I think it fits our lifestyle very well because most of our driving on a typical day is well within reach of even the lowest range EVs. And uh, certainly over the first couple of months here, that has certainly proved out to be true for us. Yeah. So are you going to let your son drive it? He has driven it oh, okay. with his permit. Uh, now, once he has his full license and drives by himself, absolutely not. <laughs> there you go. Uh, no, there are a few vehicles that he won't be able to touch. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, right now, yep. And, and he, he thought it's very strange for him because he's just learning to drive. And so this was very different than the uh, old pickup truck that he typically gets to oh, drive. Oh, I, I bet. I yeah. bet. Well, I know when we've done some of these ride-alongs before, the one kind of interesting thing, and I even think we talked about it in the last uh, podcast we had um, where we were talking about maintenance is is you know where you're used to when you need to put the brake on you know you're used to using the brake to stop and that with electric vehicle kind of coming off the gas kind of slows you down much more so than in a you know your traditional ice vehicle that's right yeah yeah so this vehicle does have um, uh, the braking option, I'm using it today, the one pedal driving, some people call it, mm -hmm. and I've come to really, really enjoy it. It's different and it takes a little while to get used to, but once right. you do, uh, I prefer it over the traditional accelerator and brake. Right. You just have to be careful when you go back 
to to your gas vehicle. You do. Yes. <laughs> to yeah. not get in that habit. I, I wonder as as EVs become more and more popular and people maybe have those two vehicles, you know, where you have the one ICE vehicle, if if there'll be a little um, some rear ending going on, maybe. That's right. Yep. <laughs> that that'll be an interesting. Uh, statistic to track i think so i was going to ask if you had it on because i didn't really feel it and i know that the acceleration curve is a little different on this compared to other evs but have you noticed the one pedal braking is a little bit gentler than some of the other evs i have found that brandon that um, when i drove different vehicles to me this one drives much more like a traditional ice mm -hmm. so um i don't know if that's good or bad but i just found that it was a much more normal transition into this vehicle than it was when I was in other EVs. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, you deciding on this particular, you know, electric vehicle, because there's a whole lot out there. And then I want to know kind of your purchase process. So did you go into the dealership? Did you have to wait? You know, kind of, kind of tell us your EV ownership journey, so yeah. to speak. So this is the first new vehicle I've ever purchased. I'm a used car person normally, and um, my normal buying experience is I go online, I've bought a vehicle on eBay online, they just drop it off of the house. So I'm not used to really interacting with the dealership. And it started off very much that way. I got online on the Volkswagen website. Um, it started off with, I had to put a $100 uh, reservation in for it, and it basically just puts you in a queue because there was a long wait. I ended up waiting about nine months to get the vehicle. Uh, and then once you kind of get the reservation called, you go into configuring the vehicle you actually want. Again, all online. I haven't talked to a dealership at this point at all. And you put an additional 400, I put an additional $400 down, I think is what was required. Both of those are fully refundable up until you take delivery, I believe. Um, so that was kind of unique and it felt very much like the experience that not only I expected, but I wanted. Mm -hmm. At that point, you did have to determine a dealership where the vehicle would be delivered. So I picked a local dealership. And just to be candid, I think that's one of the struggles of the process for me is um, the dealership model has got to evolve substantially because I ended up having to be at a dealership for a long period of time. The buying process was convoluted, difficult, uh, they have a lot of work to do uh, in, in that model evolving in the right way because uh, my goal was to buy it online and I thought probably somebody just drop it off at the house and you know we'd be done if we needed to sign some paperwork and payment and all those different things you know we'd be able to do that over email I've done that numerous times for used vehicles but this process was a lot clunkier. Brandon have you heard if that is the norm for all the EVs or, or do you think like maybe you know, the Nissan Leaf has been around for quite a bit, you know, for years. So they probably have a different model. I, yeah. I just wonder if what he went through is pretty typical. Well, I think that Tesla has set the standard for what that process needs to look like. It's a very hands-off, user-friendly experience. And I think the other dealers are just trying to figure out there's not a, a, as good a connection between the manufacturer and the dealer with all these other brands. Now, when we picked up the Chevy Bolt, I literally showed up. They gave me the keys and said, see you later. Oh. Uh, and there was some paperwork that had to be done later on, but it was much quicker, much easier. Uh, I, I, I think that, you know, perhaps 
Brad's experience is a little bit different than I've heard other people, but I've also, um, well, I just, I, I think people will progress. Uh, dealers will progress. The right. Carvanas of the world will create a better buying experience in the future. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, you got your car, you went through all of that, you drove it home, so now let's focus on the Volkswagen ID4 and kind of talk about your experience with it. What are some of the unique fi- features? It's, it's a, I will say, and I, I told you this when we were coming to get in, it is precious. I don't know if that's the word you want to use to describe your car, but it is a very cute, it. okay, it is a very cute car. It, it is, it's a, you know, a lot of them are similar. You know, the EVs kind of have a look to them, but, yeah. but um, I, I like the color of this one. Um, I, I do think it's a, it's a sharp little car. Thank Maybe you. sharp is a better word for you You can than use precious, whatever. You, you won't offend me whatsoever. <laughs> it, it, it is a sharp, a sharp car, and I, and I do really like it. So um, let's talk a little bit about um, it. First of all, I want to know, this is the first one I've seen. Okay. And, and I've not seen you know, really any that I have, that I have noticed other than, than this one. So do you get that kind of, um, you know, people driving by looking at you or stopping you or, you know, that kind of experience by having kind of a unique car? Yes. I've, I've had quite a few people approach me, whether I'm in, you know, our our kids are in sports and so I'll be, you know, waiting on in the parking lot. Folks have come up. What is that? I heard you pull in. Uh, you know, it has a different sound about it. It has mm-hmm. a little bit different look, uh, but they haven't seen this before. And so then the questions start. And everything from, you know, really excited, like, tell me all about it, to, you know, folks that are clearly a, a little bit tepid about EVs. And, mm-hmm. well, you know, have you, have you run out of electricity? And just not necessarily negative, yeah. but maybe skeptical. And so it's a great opportunity to engage. And I've really enjoyed that part of it, honestly. to take a quick break from the podcast so I can let you know about Middle Tennessee Electric's EV Ready program. This program gives a $50 credit to Middle Tennessee Electric members who have installed or are in the process of installing a level 2 charger in their home. For more information on this program, go to mte.com forward slash drive EV. Now back to the podcast. What are some of the other unique features? I know we were talking earlier. I love this whole I don't know what you'd call this, but um, like a skylight or, or sunroof that goes the length of the vehicle. I'm not really sure, but that's pretty cool. Uh, what are some other features that um, the ID4 have? You know, the, uh, you'll get a good kick out of this because my other vehicle is a 2008 model. Mm. So, Amy, I'm not real sure what is a normal standard thing anymore <laughs> and what is a new feature. So it's kind of a hard question. I'll yeah. say a few things that, um, you know, the technology that's in this car. Just I in the will dash. say when I get in my car, it yeah. doesn't say, welcome, Amy. It Which doesn't? I believe what happened when we got in this car. It was mm. like, happy to see you. So. Yeah. And it does the adaptive cruise control. It'll steer by itself. Mm-hmm. I would not call it at all you know, autonomous driving as, you know, we hear people talk about those capabilities, especially with Tesla. It's not that, but it certainly has a lot of features that, you know, will correct your steering and uh, do all those types of things when you're not paying attention if you should be. So that's very different. Um, It's got a lot of things that I haven't figured out how to use yet. Like it's got voice activation. 
And so you can talk to it like you would an Alexa or a Siri, and mm -hmm. there are different commands. Now, it's certainly not nearly as advanced with the natural language. I've tried a few things, like I've been able to close the sunshade mm -hmm. uh, by, you know, voice command. Mm -hmm. I can never remember what it is, though. So, you know, those features are there, but they're still not quite what I'd say right. as mature as what maybe some of us that are using those types of devices in our homes are used to. Yeah. yeah. So it's fun. It's very techy. Uh, lots of buttons. Unlike, you know, um, other models like a Tesla feels very kind of plain and the mm -hmm. screen is the center. This feels more, there's more buttons like you would expect for cruise control and all those types of things in its more normal location. Um, uh, the ones that I have been in, they all kind of have this center iPad looking panel. Yeah. That what's above your steering wheel though is different. Yes. To me. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't remember one really. Have you seen, you've seen my, more than I have seen, Brandon. Yeah, I mean, I, I have seen something like that. The, the BMW, I think, has the coolest heads-up display. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and they'll, they'll actually, there's an option where you can project it on the windshield, which is kind of futuristic and cool. Yeah. But I do think that um, Volkswagen, you know, Elon even said when he was asked, who's going to be the biggest competitor to Tesla? And he said Volkswagen. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, part of that's probably Germany is a very... Um, committed to zero emission vehicles but i think also the tech here is really classy i mean the buttons on the screen will kind of go into a um, almost like a sleep mode where they're just icons without the without the text but then it senses your hand when you go up to touch it and it'll kind of come to life and it's really cool just it, it seems like a uh, very responsive vehicle I, I like the word classy because I do feel like it's it's tech, but it's it's not just overwhelming tech, and uh, it's not function just for the sake of function. It's it's really a luxury vehicle. That, and you know, Brad, one of the things that I liked about the Volkswagen ID4 is that it doesn't really, from a hundred yards away, look like an electric vehicle. It looks like a regular car that is uh, driven by uh, a electric motor. So I think they've done a good job of figuring out kind of a niche. There, there's not anything else like the, the ID4 in the EV market. Yeah. So we know that, you know, EVs kind of have the reduced maintenance costs. You don't have oil changes or spark plugs or, or things like that. And of course you're not going to the gas station. Um, but kind of you can you can kind of talk about your experience with that. But another question I have for you too is kind of uh, how, when you're talking about insurance, you know, you, you think about sometimes rates are higher. Like if you're, if you're insuring your almost 16 year old, right. uh, you know, that, that may be a whole nother conversation, but talk, talk to us a little difference about, um, insurance and, and was it the same? Was it what you were expecting and, and any other, uh, cost savings or, the opposite. Maybe you're having to pay more for certain things when you're talking about EVs and EV ownership. Well, you know, just to kind of tackle that last portion of the question, so far I haven't found anything that is more expensive. Mm. Uh, my experience so far is that uh, not only just the cost, but the convenience. I mean, I don't have to go find a place to have my oil changed. It doesn't take time out of my Saturday. It doesn't need to be, you know, scheduled or all those different pieces. And so certainly the cost is very real, but also just the, uh, 
the time that it takes to kind of manage those things has been beneficial. From an insurance perspective, I would say this is an additional vehicle for us, and so it did add cost, but it added way less cost than I expected. I mean, just, you know, a few hundred dollars. I can't remember the exact oh, number, but good. it was it was yeah. so small that we were making sure that it was, you know, accurate, that they had the right vehicle, and so that yeah. felt pretty good yeah. that the insurance we'll, was... We'll have this conversation again when it's time to insure your 16-year. Oh, I'm very, very nervous <laughs> about that. <laughs> I Well, I, I've had, of course, I was a... I have, I have a daughter, and, and it was a it was a shocker. And I think the boys are worse when you're talking about insurance these insuring these new drivers. So mm, oh boy. Um, so we've been riding around for a while. So now we're going to talk about range. Yeah. Um, we have been riding around. It's been a, a very pleasant, very nice ride around. But if have you taken it beyond just riding around maybe to and from work or Murfreesboro, you know, kind of how long can you go if you want to, you know, maybe take a trip? Kind of what are your experiences on that? Yeah, it. Uh, I haven't had it out of state yet, uh, but I have gone on a, a, a lot of different communities around the area for mm-hmm. soccer and sports with the kids, things of that nature, and work-related things where I need to go to Nashville and then to, you know, Franklin and then over to Wilson County. And what I've found is on my typical day, you know, I, I don't drive that much at all. On a day that maybe is atypical, my range has never been a concern that I can't go where I need to go. Now, what has been surprising is that when I'm on the freeway, um, of course, I try to drive the speed limit. Sometimes I go a little faster than the speed limit, but the range decreases substantially when you're going those speeds. So when I'm around town, which is most of my running around, uh, the range actually is better than anticipated. Uh, the, the, the range that I think is like 260 some miles is what it says it will have. Based on my driving uh, around town, one time I charged it completely and it said my range was gonna be over 300 miles. Wow. So depending on your driving behavior, depending on where you're driving, does have a pretty big impact on what that range is. But even when I'm on 840, 65, 24, you know, and, and just going all around the, the Middle Tennessee region, I haven't been in a situation where I've been concerned about my range. So you may, you know, we, we, you may not have even noticed this yet, but do you, have you noticed whether, you know, if you're really running the air or you're running the heat, if that impacts, how that impacts? So I haven't had the heat yet. Yeah. you know, a uh, piece of it. But so far, the air conditioning is not a factor at all. Um, I haven't noticed you know, some of those early things. Gosh, we heard the rumors of, I ran my windshield wipers and my range went down. Yeah. Uh, I'm not <laughs> noticing any of those yeah. types of impacts. Uh, I believe they've even changed the type of heating and cooling system in this car mm-hmm. so that it is more efficient when it is on heat as well. So I'm, I'm anxious to see you know, what that looks like. It does have heated seats and heated steering wheel. Mm-hmm. So I think they're doing some things too where you can feel warmth um, where you're at without necessarily having the same right. impact in the entire cabin. Several drivers tell me that if I heat my hands and I heat my seat, it's amazing how much more the rest of me feels warm and, and that they've, when they're planning a long trip, that they'll do that rather than uh, turn their heat on. Yeah. I do, when, when it's plugged in, you can use an app and precondition it. I've done that a few times where you can just, when it was hot out this summer when I had it, it just turn on the air conditioner while it's still plugged in 
and it's cool when you get in the car and take off. Yeah. Uh, you know, the app, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to ask if there was an app and what what things you can do. Obviously, you just shared that, but what about monitoring your charging while you're charging up? And, and also, um, on a cold day, we've had a couple of cold days. I'm curious if you've noticed the range decrease when it's colder outside as well as, uh, you know, uh, do, do you kind of warm your car up uh, to get the battery chemistry going on a cold day? Is there something in the app that allows for that? Yes, you, you can um, precondition it, and I think it preconditioning also does that to the battery. I believe, Brandon, I'm not 100% certain. Uh, this vehicle stays in a garage. Uh, it's not a fully conditioned garage, but it, it doesn't you know get overly cold or overly hot. Um, so I haven't done that when leaving the house. Okay. And I haven't noticed it yet. Uh, again, I don't think we've had extreme enough temperatures where I'd notice it leaving work in the evening. Okay. I, I want to kind of wind down the discussion on the uh, ID4, and I kind of want to know, you know, you've had it for a few months now. Um, are you happy with it? Would you rebuy this? I mean, would you encourage others to buy this? Um, kind of, what are your thoughts on the the Volkswagen ID4? Yeah, uh, I would not hesitate to recommend. Um, the ID4 as being one of the EVs that somebody looks at, right? Make mm -hmm. sure it fits your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. uh, but generally speaking, I would certainly say I could recommend an EV without a doubt at this point. You know, I, I don't, I don't think I would ever replace this car and it not be an EV at this point. Uh, I enjoy driving it. The range is only going to get better and better as you know battery technology evolves. So check out the ID4, but check out EVs. I, I really think that there's probably a, a spot in everyone's garage at some point in the near future for one. Any tips for people out there shopping for them? Yeah, go drive them. And don't just drive them, you know, go find a, a, a ride and drive event. Don't just go to the, uh, the dealership, that's fine. Also, I'd encourage folks that are, once they really get serious about a specific model, I'd really encourage them to consider even renting one on Turo. Keep it at the house for a weekend. Uh, take it on a short trip. Find out what it's like to charge with even just level one, meaning the, the, the standard plug that's in your garage or your house, uh, and see how you do with that and really get a feel for it. So Brad, thanks for riding around with us. Um, I'm not going to let you off the hook yet. We're going to continue driving around because I have more questions and I definitely want to uh, dive into kind of what Middle Tennessee Electric's doing for this uh, EV initiative. So um, until next time, thank you for listening. If you have any questions or if you have any ideas for podcasts, please email us at evcarclub at mte.com. If you would like information on any of our programs, you can go to mte.com forward slash drive EV. And until next time, plug in, power up, and drive safe. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review. Also, we would love to hear from you. If you have any ideas of topics you would like for us to discuss, please email us at driveev at mte.com. Thanks for listening.